Social media is the manifestation of ego. There, I said it. Now what? And the night falls now with someone's mouth on the ether garden. And the gardener stands with blood on his hands. Hello and welcome back to another amazing episode of the Aviome Experience. Hello, my name is Chris. I hope all of you are doing outstanding, fantastic, all of the above. And I'm really excited to be speaking to you today and as you know i'm rocking the solo action once again and i hope you enjoyed the bonus type of episodes that we're going to start adding here and these are just small nuggets that we find that av or myself we find and so we want to put it on audio version so in that way you guys have access to it you know maybe on a drive or maybe when you're washing dishes or something like that kind of similar to this conversation that we're having but it's kind of nice to grab those little nuggets those five minutes or four minutes maybe even 10 minutes and you know upload them here for you and these are calling them the bonus episodes so they're just small bonus ones that we add and then we have this one for example which is a little bit longer our interview ones the ones that av and i do which we haven't done one in a while and as you can imagine we will be doing an update here pretty soon with that it's just been very productive we don't use the word busy and with that productivity we've really been amping up the bridge to healing as you may or may not know we are now offering acupuncture along with the chakra table chakra chakra whatever something like that and so we can we're doing the acupuncture either individually and christy is the one who's doing it she's amazing with our healing And she's intuitive as well, but she's a nurse and she does acupuncture and then she has, you know, she she has her own intuition. So it's, you know, just being able to offer that. And then, you know, as you're getting the treatment, you're underneath the chakra table and, you know, the lights. And now you have the lights just infusing that light energy. And then you have the acupuncture, the the needles kind of just opening up your immune system so that you can be able to heal yourself is really an amazing experience and we've really been getting a lot of great feedback we've so far we started this in january uh, march march april we're in may march i think yeah so we started in march april whatever something like that but all i have to say is this is that we have been booked for the whole month and you know this being may as you're listening to this now We've been booked up the whole month. And so we book, it seems like we're booking, you know, a a month at a time. And we're also in the process of upgrading the um, avianacastro.com. And I'm actually, and here goes the first bit of news uh, for for this conversation, is I'm actually going to be relaunching my own site. And I used to have a site for, you know, a while back. And I decided that, you know, we started getting real busy. There we go. We, st- we started getting real productive with other things, you know, the studio. And, and even prior to that, where we were really searching for a place to call home. And I wasn't 
providing the attention that I felt the the site required as far as, you know, just putting information there. And, and typically the type of sites that I have or had are more geared towards just like the nuggets, you know, it's just dropping the nuggets in, in there. So it's not necessarily about posting about, you know, what I'm eating or my trip to France. It wasn't none of that. It was just nuggets from my writings and real bite size, like even, you know, three or four sentences. And I was doing that every day, every day, every day. And of course it took a, you know, it takes, it takes, uh, you know, you showing up really, that's what, what anything is really all about is your ability to show up every day. And at that time I knew when, you know, this transition was coming up that I couldn't. And so I kind of put it on retirement. It's on the back end, but I'm going to be relaunching my site along with AVs, uh, new site, along with being able to, you know, set appointments through the site, which is the, the, for the, for the table and for the acupuncture. And I'm actually going to be doing uh, one-on-one consulting on simplicity, on, you know, creating a, a really easy and simple spiritual, holistic, physical, emotional life. I feel that we tend to overcomplicate our lives so much that when it comes time for ourselves, we just don't know the first things to do. And so I'm going to be providing some, you know, one-on-one talks and I'm really looking forward to it because I, I do like the idea of, of minimalism, as you guys may know, but I, but that's just not, it's minimalism is a philosophy. So it's not, it's not about, I mean, it is about, you know, the exterior, but there's also an interior part of it. So for those of you listening to this, if you are someone who meditates, then that is minimalism. What you're doing is you're creating space internally. And for those of you who don't know, that's typically how I describe meditation. Meditation is creating internal space. Minimalism, on the other hand, is creating external space. So when you bring them both together, the intersection of minimalism and meditation, what comes out of it is this clarity, this focus, this relaxation, this, you know, space, which is really important. And so with that space, then you decide what you want to do with it. But having said all that, I really want to get to this conversation. This conversation, I'm going to be breaking it up into two parts. The reason why I'm breaking it up into two parts is because there is some things I want to talk about, which led me to decide that I wanted to relaunch my my site again. And this is why. As you've seen already by the description, by the title, I feel that social media is the manifestation of ego. Even as I said in the beginning, what I want to lay, I want to lay this foundation because for one, I don't want it. I don't want this to come off as an attack because I'm not attacking social media. All I want to do is present a an awareness, a point of view. And this is to me what's very interesting. You know, I like that word is that my point of view is to bring awareness. My point of view is to provide you the option to know what you may not know. And granted that what I might be saying or what I might say today, you may know all of this already. And if you do, that's great. However, if you do and you're not doing anything about it, 
then you need to ask yourself why and the and the awareness the information that i am really uh, describing and what i'm talking about is the uh how should i say this and so i, I wrote down some uh, some some notes here in my trusty notebook from my last episode but it's the unattended feed of our attention so i want to say because that is what concerns me and this is really want to talk about this because i i used to like social media because of what it can do and granted if you have a business then you really really need to consider having that social media presence because everyone is on social media but then this is the reason why towards the end of the first part i'm going to be adding a 5 minute audio track from a gentleman his name is chris hughes and he's one of the co-founders of facebook now i don't know if you're familiar with him but he was one of the early starters who actually was a roommate of mark zuckerberg and he basically wrote an an opinion piece for the new york times and i'm also going to be adding the the show notes uh, the link to to the article but i'm going to be adding the audio version at the end of this and what he's saying is that facebook needs to be broken up because it is a threat to democracy the economy and most important and this is what really what drives me to to really create this is privacy now i'm saying facebook but what i'm referring to which is i mean and it's all the same instagram whatsapp twitter linkedin but the truth is is that facebook owns instagram and also whatsapp and it takes things from all these other apps you know and it either buys these other apps out or it just steals the concept or the idea and it's very hard to compete i mean imagine another social media platform trying to come up would it be possible for it to even be successful because you have these corporations these conglomerate corporations that will just come right in and they'll either you know, threaten you to sue you and what are you going to do go to courts when you know corporations have all this money or what happens when they come to you and they throw millions of dollars on your lap what are you going to do are you going to take it so it's almost as if innovation is only left to such a few and small group and what happens is whenever whenever a small group begins to become the process of every single thing that is it becomes a kind of like a not a dictatorship but when there's no competition then what is what's going to prevent any of these companies from following the rules like the rules you and I have to follow the rules of for example you know the way you and i we pay taxes and we pay them on time most of us but there's these big companies that that don't do that these big companies that seem to run by their own rules and laws and regulations and and here you get pulled over for going 7 miles over the speed limit and so there's such an unleveled surface of what's happening in our society and most of this really is stemming not only from the truth that we're seeing and which is being exposed but it also has to do with how we are interacting with each other through these social media platforms so this is something that i want to talk about again i'm going to break this up into two parts because i feel like i can probably go on for a minute with these things 
So let's just go ahead and let me tell you exactly what I think. Floating higher up than ever, but I hear that distant. So once again, let me just premise and just say that you know, obviously, we have a social media account. The studio does. Aviana has a social media account, and there's a difference. And I'm not saying that it's you know, there's some type of exclusion because it really isn't. But you have to ask yourself. Why do you have social media, and what are you posting on it, and what are you trying to get out of it? Now, when I was on social media, and so obviously, let me just say that right from right from the beginning, I am not on any social media platforms. Now, if you want to consider a podcast a social media platform, then that's what I'm on. If you want to consider the website a social media platform, that's what I、uh, that's what I'm on as well. The newsletter. That can be considered one. Obviously, I'm on that. But what I'm not on is Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, WhatsApp, LinkedIn, all all the ones that Gary V tells you to be on. I'm not on any of them. Granted, he's a very, very smart and abundant fella. For a business, then you know it is good to have that presence on there because that's where everyone is. But my concern goes back to the unintended feed of your attention. And so it's been、uh, proven, kind of. I don't, I don't, I don't really want to say you know, proven. I don't want to say scientifically. But if you post on Twitter something negative, if you post like a disagreement, an argument, you have a seventeen percent chance of your boost being shot to the top just by saying something negative, saying something political, saying something that's. You know, not nice. I guess will automatically boost your post up by seventeen percent, and then what will happen is that boost of seventeen percent will then be presented to other people's feeds, and so these feeds of what you're reading, well, then you'll have a, a you know you'll, you'll see the something that comes up to the top where what you disagree with, and then you're gonna. You know, go one way with the disagreement to this person who wrote this intentionally just to get their boost. You know, kind of gone to the top, and now here you are having this. You know, where you was having、uh, some some food. I just need to change that around. Or maybe you was having some dinner, and all of a sudden now you're involved with a troll who just wanted to get your attention, and now you're going back and forth and back and forth, and you're getting all stressed out and all this other stuff, and this happens. So much. One of the reasons why, especially on Twitter, why it happens is because you don't need to identify yourself as you know being human. You can kind of hide behind couch potato seventy five. No one knows who that is, and so it almost gives that person permission to say whatever they want, to do whatever they want, and especially to manipulate the conversation. Because when you're hiding, then it's it's when you're you know when you're hiding behind. Um, a screen, or when you're hiding, or exactly when you're hiding behind the screen, then it's very easy to say whatever it is you want to say without having to worry about how other people take it, because you really don't care. The act of manipulation through social media not only goes back and forth, but then it begins to seep out into the society, into our everyday lives, where our attention span now 
is not as good as it was then, right? Because we were more focused. We we had, you know, I guess less things coming at us, less distractions, where now we have so much distractions coming at us that not only are we distracted when we're online, we're now distracted when we're offline. And so I've been paying attention not only to to just social media, but to my technology in general and how it it is affecting me, how it was affecting me, and how it's affecting other people. And it's almost like I can see a downgrading occurring. It's like the downgrading downgrading of humanity. And as that, we are becoming less and less important as humans, as you and I keep on feeding the algorithm to become smarter and smarter and even more smarter, smarter in fact than us. Understand that artificial intelligence does not need to be the smartest thing ever. It just needs to do the things that you suck at better. And as it continues to do that, it will then no longer need you to do any of these things. Hence, which is the reason why, you know, we're having these, you know, self-driving vehicles, which is the big push for the 5G network. Now, I'm not trying to get all techie here in this conversation. Again, I just want to bring awareness on all these things that are going on. And for us then to become aware, the 5G technology, granted that it is faster than 4G, way faster than that, 4G is what you have on your phone now, 3G prior to that. But the truth is, is that in order for 5G to be successful, is that it requires a lot, a lot, a lot of antennas. These antennas are not that tall. They're not like the antennas that you look on these fields and they're like, I don't know, 50 feet high or whatever. Those are not the 5G antennas. 5G antennas are in fact very, very small. So small, in fact, that they need to be put on the roofs of buildings and houses. And the reason why is because 5G technology, the range is approximately 500 feet. So let me say that again. The technology 5G is powerful, but its range is only 500 feet, which means that they need to put a lot, a lot of those antennas up everywhere in order for everyone to have access to this network. But most importantly, the ones who really need access to this network is automated vehicles. And so that's really the push for this is to have a network of automation with vehicles are driving themselves. Now, yes, you can be more productive. Now, as you're sitting in the back of the, you know, back of the car doing your, doing your work, vehicle is driving yourself. We have a bunch of, of, you know, self driving vehicles and there will be less accidents. But are you, okay, are you aware that that will come, that that will happen? Or what are the side effects of that? The other side of it, the flip side of it, when social media was created, it was to have a network of family and that's, and that's beautiful. That's what it was created. But one thing we can never see is the other side of it. Hence what happened with the election and the manipulation that occurred during that through Cambridge Analytica, where they were sending you know, with all the information that they were able to get through the advertising, through the manipulation, through the mental behaviors of how people were clicking on links to really create more of uh, more ad campaigns towards either going with Trump and more campaigns where you didn't want to go for Hillary. And that is a form of, of manipulation because what you are doing 
is you're not providing truth. You're providing your version of proof of, yeah, truth, not proof, your version of truth through your manipulated belief system. Now, it can be right, it can be wrong. It all depends where you're at in the circle. But what happens when you're not certain of whether you should go left or right, and then someone tells you, go left because there's money. Don't go right because there's not. And of course, you're going to go left because that is exactly in the place you're at. That's what you need. But what you find out is that when you go left, that there is no money. There is no payoff. That was, uh, you know, that took you far enough to go. And once you're already on that, you know, going, once you made that turn, you're, you already made it. You're already committed to that turn. And so the only way to come out of it is to really just to kind of step back into, and once again, is to be aware. So it's not just about being aware of, for me anyway, how I'm using technology, which I've really started to create a lot of space between the technology I use on a day-to-day basis and just being around people and having conversations. Obviously, I'm using technology now. I'm in a room by myself. I'm recording to my laptop. And so I'm aware that the the technology being used for this purpose to provide an awareness through my beliefs, my truths, because I'm, I'm not here to convince or try anyone here or to try to come to my side. But instead, what I want to do is just to provide a different path. And that was what awareness provides. It provides us the opportunity to know that there is another choice. It's And not just that, but when you begin to see and assess how you're using the things, the external things, the technology, the social media, then what to me is uh, becomes disturbing is not only how it's distracting us, but how it manipulates us. Kind of like a, you know, they call the phones, they're like the Vegas machines, you know, they're like slot machines, and that's what they are. And these social medias use that same tactic of slot machines to get you to keep on coming back and kept, keeps you checking. And again, for me, it keeps on feeding the ego and making sure who liked my post, who didn't like my post, who shared my post, what are people saying about my post? And so it's almost all ego fed. But what's disturbing, as I wrote here, is that it, you know, everything else that is being used uh, on your, on your feed, well, not everything, but most of the things, it depends how you post and where you post, are things to get you upset, things to get you wild up a little bit, things to kind of get, you know, get you all, you know, ready and tingly inside. But what I'm realizing too, and I'm wondering if any of you have realized this, is that we've become a society that's not only easily offended, which to me, that's a huge sign that the ego is really just, it's just growing. But we're, we're a society that we're almost always ready to fight. We're ready to argue. We're ready to, you know, to, to just put someone else down. We're so quick and ready to judge people. We're so ready to make ourselves more than, 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 you know, than, than someone else. And we're an I know for me, to me, it comes from the fact that we're exhausted. It comes from the fact that, you know, we're stressed out or that we're not happy. These are the things that typically are, are, are occurring is that, you know, not only are we frustrated, not only are we, you know, upset, but we also look for things, you know, to argue about and, you know, against each other and even sometimes against ourselves. Social media is pushing, I feel it's, it's pushing people into 
these, uh, I call them community ghettos, because it's almost like these little boxing rings, so to speak. And, and it all, you come out of your, your ring, you come out of your ghetto and you go into someone else's and the fight begins. And it's only, and, and again, I don't mean everyone because this is not the case. And I don't mean, you know, just Facebook because all social media's um, platforms are like this. We've come to a point where now we're okay. We're okay with the arguing. We're okay with the frustration. We're okay with the disagreement. We're okay with these, you know, these people posting these, these live things that are just, just horrible events and getting there getting that audience. We're in a place where we don't know how to a regulate what's been going on, but we don't know how to deal with what's going on. And I feel that this is really what's important because, you know, as I said before, you know, social media has really been with us maybe what, 10, 12, 14 years. It's still in its infancy, but I would say, actually, no, I wouldn't say that, but I would say now it's, we're beginning to see the teenage years of it. Hence, all these things that keep on happening. And most important is for me is the invasion of privacy. It's the way that willfully give away our information without really understanding what we're doing. There is no such thing as a free product. You, you, you are the product. Uh, Google just uh, released their earnings for the first quarter of the year. And it was approximately 36 billion dollars in three months 36 billion would it be dollars but what's fascinating to me is 30 million was all in ads and so you have to ask yourself who they don't have products to sell to ads so who's the product you are and who are they selling it to so there's all these companies out there that are buying the data they're buying your privacy, but most importantly is they're buying your behavior. They're buying your patterns. And with that, they manipulate the verbiage. They manipulate the words. They find out where you're going to be next online. And then they start sending you these ads. And maybe some of them you want. I don't know. Or maybe some of them you feel that, uh, that are not really, you know, you may be asking yourself, well, why am I seeing this? But the truth is, is that your information, your privacy is being sold to someone else. And the worst part about it is that you're not being compensated in any form or fashion. And the thing is, you don't know what information you're giving up. You don't know any of that stuff. You just, you're just using these things and you keep on providing more and more information. And I know all of us have come across the really annoying thing with, you know, the nine squares and, you know, which one is a light and which one is a bus and which one's a car and and that's just so annoying but google is doing that for they're using basically you to make their algorithm smarter and so you're helping their al algorithm determine what a light is what a you know what a car is what a bus is what a horse is and all these other things without you knowing that is exactly what you're doing and the truth is is that how much choice do you have because you have to do that thing in order to get to the next page of whatever it is we are, um, you know, we're doing searching or whatever it is we're trying to log into, which is how it comes to me is every time I'm trying to log into one of my accounts is this thing comes up. It's just annoying. And so one of the things that Chris Hughes talks about, and I said this a little bit earlier, 
is that he feels the need that it needs to be broken up into small pieces. Small pieces meaning break up Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp into their own companies. Instagram was a really, really cool company. And I believe it only had 11 people. But when, or maybe a little bit more. But when, you know, Facebook comes along and puts all this money in their lap, billions, you know, how can you not take it? Especially for those who are working there who can see that as, you know, we always wanted to do. They're, that billions is not really for them as much as, as it is for the investors. Because now we're in a society that you have to grow. Your business has to grow. And so in order for businesses to grow, in order for Facebook and Instagram and Twitter to keep on getting funding is to show how they're expanding, meaning how they're getting more and more and more users. That is the way that they make money. So, you know, how can they get these users and, you know, how can they increase the amount of users they have using their platform? But most importantly is how can they keep them on there? So the longer you are on, on the platform, the more successful they are because then the more ads they can show you. So the whole purpose of any social media account is, again, for them, is to keep you on the platform for as long as possible. It's the smell of the smell of snow. And then what's happening is that the algorithms that these uh, social media platforms are using will push you into all these different camps or these different ghettos. And now you've formulated a team, you formulated a community, and what are you going to do next? What will happen afterwards? But the truth is, and this is a question I have, is can we compromise on peace? And what about well-being? What if I wrote a post about love and joy and peace? And I know some of you would like it, some of you would share it, that would be cool. But if I was to post something about, I don't know, the president of the United States, I'm pretty sure I would get a ton more likes, a ton more dislikes, and probably a ton more comments just by utilizing that. Really, and what, what the algorithm will do is they will push that post up so that more and more people can see it, who not only agree with it, but more importantly, to those who disagree with it. So my post will be seen by more people who disagree with my point of view versus people who agree with my point of view to engage not only which we would assume or hope it would be a conversation, which then turns out into an, 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 an argument where both sides are, are really going back and forth uh, on each other without no education behind it and just yelling and yanting at, ranting, yanting ranting at each other. One of the things that, and just as for me, I feel that where we're at right now, and this may be harsh, but where we're at right now is because we've been ignorant of ourselves and the world outside. And I know ignorant can be a kind of a powerful word. How, if you don't know you and you're trying to understand the outside world, there's going to be a ton of confusion. And because we don't know who we are and we rely on someone outside of us to give us that answer, that person can give us any answer they want. And if we're not filled with who we are in this moment, if we don't understand ourselves in this moment, then how are we to understand anything that's going on outside of us? We are now in a moment that 
we can um, really be part of, of, of the shift, of the transformation, the transformation which I feel can be, you know, can be taken from the transformation of our privacy, the transformation of our lives, of our truth, of our rights, of our equality. There's so many things that are going on that you have, we all have to think about the generation behind us and the generation behind that. And what are we leaving them other than this, this mess of invasion of privacy, of, of stress, of anxiety, of depression, comparisons, which Instagram is really good at that, at really showing off, look what I have, look what I'm doing, look what I'm eating, and you're not doing any of them. And that anxiety that begins to build, especially between the ages of 9 and 14, if you have a child between the ages of 9 and 14, please, please, please monitor their feed, monitor their social media, sit with them, talk with them. Talk with them as much as you can because that is the age, statistically, that is the age between 9 and 14 where they're at their most vulnerable to following trends or not trends or to being, you know, the bully stuff is all, I mean, it can always happen. But if you have a child between that age, again, 9 to 14, I would strongly urge you to maybe even stop listening to this, come back later, and really understand your child. You need to be as knowledgeable in social media as your child. I hear this so much. Oh, my kid knows how to do this and know how to do that, and I don't. And I'm, and I hear that, and I'm like, oh my God, that's like the worst thing ever. It because you need to know how it, you actually, you know, I don't want to say should, because I don't like using that word, but you may want to consider to know as much, if not more, than your child when it comes to platforms, communities, where then there's, you know, 10,000, 100,000, 1 billion. Like, why would you not want to know that? I don't think anyone would put their child in a playground with f 1 billion other people there from all ages, all, all backgrounds, all, you know, upbringings. And we all know that not all upbringings are cool. You wouldn't want to put your child there. You wouldn't put your child there, especially not unattended. So this is the same thing we're doing when we give our children these, these phones and these tablets, and then we just have them go on these social media platforms. And it's, it, to me, that just doesn't make any sense at all. The fact that, you know, we we're giving kids these phones, you know, from under the age of 10 makes no sense. And the fact that they're glued to these tablets with, you know, and again, if they're using it through education, then that's a completely different thing. Is your child using this as a form of education? Because for me, education is nature. We have all know that. I always say that. But it's it. But it. But maybe it's about harmonizing that that screen time with nature. We've come to a time where we've never been this educated and connected. But what are we doing with it? And that's a question that you need to ask yourself. What What are you going to do with the connection that you have if you're on social media? What are you posting? How are you posting? Go into your settings, change your privacy settings. Guys, I'm telling you, go in there. You have to dig now because none of these platforms makes it easy for you to change the settings of your own privacy. So that way ads are not being forced at you, that way they're not selling your, your, your information, at least not without your consent. And ask yourself, 
How are you educating yourself? How are you educating others around you? You in this moment may be unaware. Maybe that was a nicer word to say than ignorant. But then all of us are. But I believe it's time for all of us to begin to wake up from this dream. Not just you, but all of us to wake up from this dream and to really just kind of take a step back and see what is going on. And to post, if you post anything, you know, definitely post the inspiration because we all need it. Post love because we all we all need it. But at the same time, does that become a form of addiction? Can you go to sleep at night without looking at your phone? How long does it take before you look at the phone when you wake up? Can you go without social media for, you know, a weekend, a week, a month? And so having said all that, that's the reason why I decided I wanted to reestablish my website. Now on my website, which I will be talking about here because I'm not sure of the domain name yet because I want to use a different domain name, is that I'm not going to have comments on it. And where people won't be able to leave comments, I won't be able to reply to any comments because that's not what I want to do. I basically want to share my exploration and some people might want that and some people won't. And that's fine. So my website will be my social media. My website will be how and where I release my thoughts and ideas. And I have complete control of that. No one else does. And whenever I want to end it, I can just download everything I wrote and it's gone. And I don't have to add, I don't have to add any kind of ads because my site will not have any ads. The same as, you know, Aviana, there's, there's no ads on, on the site. There's never been ads on the site along with this podcast. We don't have ads on this podcast either. We don't even track the downloads. I mean, we get a, uh, every month we just get a, a readout of the total downloads but we don't know who, where, when, none of that. And even getting that is really unimportant to us because that's not the reason why we do this podcast. It's not for how many downloads are we getting because if it is, then we're doing it for the wrong reason. And so this podcast, the website, Aviana's website, is all about sharing and not necessarily sharing and trying to exchange and and take your your personal data and try to sell it to someone else because that's just not right. It's just not. And so I want to end part one with the, uh, a, a little video of uh, audio of Chris's of Chris Hughes. Again, he's a co-founder of Facebook. And one of he's, one of the things he talks about again is that Facebook is becoming a threat to democracy, economy, and our privacy. So I hope you enjoyed the first part And I'm going to go ahead and put the video here. And I look forward to speaking to you again in part two. This is me back in my college days. And this is my roommate, Mark. Together, we founded Facebook in 2004. Now, 15 years later, I think Facebook has grown too big and too powerful. Every week brings new headlines about privacy violations, election interference, or mental health concerns. I haven't been at the company in over a decade. But I feel a sense of responsibility to account for the damage done. Americans have the power to right the ship through government action. We need new regulations. It's time to break up Facebook. The early days of Facebook tell a classic American story of innovation and entrepreneurship. 
From our college dorm room, we started a little social network for our friends that exploded in popularity and connected the world. Mark's hustle in those early years made it possible for Facebook to dominate our rivals, like Friendster, MySpace, Tumblr, and many others. These competitors made us better, and then we beat them out. This is how it's supposed to work in America. Hard work leads to economic success. You start a small business and compete on the merits to provide a better product. Today, nearly three billion people use Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp, and they're all owned and controlled by the same company. Of every dollar spent buying ads on social media, 84 cents goes to Facebook. It's now worth over half a trillion dollars. That's roughly the size of the GDP of the bottom 65 countries in the world combined. It's not just that Facebook is a really big social network; it's everything. When a single company dominates any market, they become susceptible to abusing their power. Social networking is like most other American industries. There used to be plenty of healthy competition, but now many industries are controlled by just one or two companies. Companies often create an illusion of choice. You think there are hundreds of beer brands out there, but they're all made by one or two companies. Why is this a problem? Well, when companies get too big, they get sloppy and careless, and that leads to things like poor privacy practices, enabling foreign actors to meddle in elections, the spread of violent rhetoric, fake news, and the unbounded drive to capture more of our data and attention. I often hear people say, "I'm shutting down my Facebook account. Thank God for Instagram." Not realizing that Instagram is owned by Facebook, people are powerless in this situation because there's nowhere else to go. Monopolies stifle innovation. Facebook snatches up competitors by buying them before they get too big, or by copying their innovations. Despite all the money and hype being poured into new startups, there hasn't been a single major social media platform launched since 2011. The harm goes beyond the economy, though. It goes to democracy itself. When companies become empires, people are stripped of power. Facebook's employees write complex rules called algorithms that decide what you see in your newsfeed. Facebook can decide what messages get delivered and which don't, and what exactly makes for violent or inappropriate content. Even Mark himself has said that he and the Facebook team have too much power over speech. Facebook does have a board of directors. But Mark owns the majority of the shares. Unlike the leader of a democracy, there are no checks and balances on Facebook. Mark has no boss, and he cannot be fired. Listen, it'd be great if Mark could fix this himself, but this, ironically, is a problem he cannot solve. We need the government to intervene with two steps. First, the Facebook empire needs to be broken up. America's regulated corporate empires before, and we can do it again. This isn't unprecedented. And surprisingly, it often boosts the value of these companies in the long run. Federal Trade Commission can force Facebook to unwind its acquisitions of WhatsApp and Instagram. Then we'll see real competition around social media and digital messaging. Breaking up Facebook isn't a punishment for its economic success. It's a way to guarantee that other new companies can compete. We also need a new government agency to protect Americans from the overreach of Facebook and other companies like it. Think about it. We don't trust airlines or pharmaceutical companies to regulate themselves, and we shouldn't trust social media companies either. We need basic privacy protections and the ability for people to move their data around as they please. Right now, Facebook makes free speech decisions on its own with little accountability. 
Instead, we need government to set guidelines, not Facebook employees in Menlo Park. I don't think Mark's a bad guy. And I've made this decision to speak out because I feel a sense of responsibility for what Facebook has become. And to be honest, I'm angry that Mark's obsession with growth led him to sacrifice security for clicks. I think we all want to live in a country where David can take on Goliath, where a kid with a smart idea in a dorm room can start a billion dollar company. We've strayed from that ideal and breaking up and regulating Facebook will help put us back on that path.